0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, April 12th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or recently off-the-bench Baseball, or my more pop-culture-related entertainment stuff at places like Mental Floss, Nerdist, Bloody Disgusting, Inverse, and many more, and hopefully many more to come. Of this here Locked on Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-E. Oh, and if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you, and maybe even on this here show. And today's show, guys, it is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is LOCKED15, guys, at builtbar.com. Today's episode... Recapping a very fun weekend, obviously. Very fun weekend as the Padres sweep the Texas Rangers. Going to be breaking down both games. And then talk a little bit about uh, this upcoming Pittsburgh series against the Pirates. Oh, those wonderful, wonderful Pittsburgh Pirates. And then also giving my take on what I assume will be, by the time you guys hear this episode Monday morning, uh, probably the primary discourse of the day for baseball on Monday morning. And maybe throughout the rest of the week. We'll see. Uh, But let's... Get into it, guys. Let's start with Saturday's game. Remember, go listen to the episode of Joe Busgroves No Hitter if you want to hear about that. I don't want to repeat, although I will be talking about it later on uh, this week for sure because you know Joe Musgrove is going to be starting again. Uh, but for now, go listen to that podcast, guys. I had a ton of fun on that one. If you missed it, the Padres beat the Texas Rangers on Saturday by a score of seven to four. Chris Paddock got the start in this game, Mister Chris Paddock, Mister Sheriff himself. Now it was the sheriff, was the sheriff back in? Back in town, was there a snake in the boot? I'm not really. I, I That was terrible. I'm sorry, but let's just let's just break it down, guys. Pa- Chris Paddock goes four innings in this one, giving up three runs on four hits, walking one and striking out three. Total of seventy-one pitches. So, here's the thing. I know everyone is starting to just lose more and more faith in Mister. Sheriff Chris Paddock, and I understand that. I understand that. I will say though. It is only two starts, and I will also say this. He basically just had one rough sort of inning and kind of bounced back after that. I was a little bit surprised, to be quite honest with you, that Jay Singler took him out. I didn't think that that was necessary. He, he was only at 71 pitches, unless I missed something. I, I was paying attention to this game, but like maybe I, I zoned off or something. I don't recall any other reason that they really needed to take him out. I didn't understand that. I thought that you could have left him in there. Because of the low pitch count, I'm just not into this making de- determining that so early on you have to make it a bullpen game. Especially this early on in the season, I guess. I-, I don't know. I just I wasn't vibing with that decision with Tingler, but I will say when people made contact yet again with Chris Paddock, it was hard contact. I mean, people were bashing line drives, getting doubles. Isaiah Kinner Falafa, like he was one of the people who hit a double in this game. It was it was a discouraging start, but it again, it wasn't awful though. And the D-back start wasn't awful either, so I do think there has to be some sign of being at least a little bit optimistic that he, you know, maybe is able to bounce back. Hopefully in this next start against the Pirates next week, he'll be able to bounce back. I told you guys at the beginning of the season that my thing with starting pitchers is I like giving three starts. This has always been my thing. I like three starts. And I like to then say, all right, let's look at that in a big sample size, and let's start judging it. depends on who the pitcher is. Everyone varies, but I like to go three. So I'm going to give him this next week, especially against the Pirates. But let me tell you, if he comes out against Pittsburgh and just gets absolutely slammed, I'm going to be more concerned because Pittsburgh's really bad, and that's the type of team. You know, Texas, that's the other part that's disappointing about this that I've neglected to say is Texas isn't a very good team. They do not have a lot of offense, and we'll get to that a little bit later. I mean, we already know about the Joe Musgrove no hitter, but also the Sunday game. And if you are if you have back to back starts against teams that have a incredibly lackluster offense, then I start to worry. He did throw the curveball a few times in this game, but only th- a few times, only three times, uh, four times to be exact, actually. And that's not a good sign of a pitcher who's improving. I will say though, again, the the bar for Chris Paddock is kind of low given how good the Padres' rotation is. If he can just be, as I've compared him before, be a Masahiro Tanaka type starter, be a fourth guy who's really good, if if he, you know, it's just, the bar isn't very high for him, so I'm really hopeful on him. I, I know it's like the complete opposite of my character, given that I've criticized Chris Paddock a lot, especially last season, um, but I, I still think it's a little bit too early and we shouldn't freak out too much. I'm just saying, let's see this Pittsburgh start, let's see if he can focus a little bit more. Uh, he better, he better for sure because that's a big. It's starting to really become a thing uh, more than ever, I think. Um, and then also in this game, though, let's talk about the offense. The return of Sir Trent Grisham. No, I know he returned on Friday, but this was the return. All right. I know he hit the double on Friday, which was great. He did get the hit, but in this game, he goes two for four with two RBIs and one of them being a home run. He also walked in the game, just. Prime Trent Grisham. He led the thing off. He was in center field, and I'm so excited about him being back. One of my bold predictions this year was that he would finish top 10 in MVP voting. While it was intentionally supposed to be over the top and kind of absurd of a prediction, I kind of do believe parts of that. I think that if he's able to hit better against lefties and improve, and remember, he's still young. Basically, last year was kind of one of his first seasons in a lot of ways. Like, this is a guy who I think people are forgetting about and sometimes forget that he was. If not for all the other stars on the team, he would be the star player on the team, or at least one of the star players on the team. So definitely very excited about Trent Grisham showing his, you know, showing his power, and I'm I'm really excited for him, and we'll talk about him even more later. Uh, but also in this game, Jerks and Profar going three for five, which was nice. Manny Machado he goes one for four in this game, gets a double though, which was nice. That drives in a run, that was cool, but strikes out twice. Uh, not the greatest start, a little bit of inauspicious of a start for Manny Machado, but it's fine. I'm not worried about the guy. He started off slow last year, um, but it is nice to see guys like Eric Hosmer going two for five uh, with a home run, of course. He did that early on in the game, and Myers goes one for five in this game with 2K is not a great thing from him. But Jake Cronenworth, low key, I, is, I wonder is Jake Cronenworth the most underrated player currently? On the team in the early going, has he been the most underrated player? Because he hasn't had any home runs or anything like that, but he's just getting on base and slapping the ball around. He looks the same, basically, as last year. Pretty great defender in the infield. He can move him around, and he's just slapping the ball. Does he, he might not hit more than, like, maybe 10, 11 home runs this year. You know what I mean? He might only have, like, 10, 11 home runs this year, but if he's just going to be on base and a great, you know, batting average guy, and I wrote for Friars on base back over... um the summer about how I, I compared it to Ben Zobrist, then I wonder, is that just what this guy is? And if that's what he is, then that's really big time. Uh, also in this game, Hasan Kim. I almost forgot about this. Hasan Kim hit his first home run. It was really great, and he had a moment with Manny Machado, who he was he was given uh, Hasan Kim the cold shoulder, uh, pretending to ignore him to shun him, and that's all part of it. Machado joked about it uh, in the post game on Sunday's uh, after Sunday's game, and you know had this whole thing. It's just it's just kind of a tradition to kind of ignore the rookie's first home run and all that and whatever. And then he he said it was really hard for him to do it that he was like trying to keep a straight face and all that, and that's really funny. Nice to see Machado joking around with that. But, uh, yeah, basically that's that game. A nice offensive game for the Padres for sure. Nice little kind of get-back-to-it offensive game for the Padres. Um, Tommy Pham still disappointing, uh, grinding into double plays. um, Does get a sack fly in the game, but still Tommy Pham hasn't quite gotten it going yet. He's batting 133 on the season, so I'm definitely expecting that to go up, but I understand why people are frustrated. But remember, remember. We literally haven't, you know how it says uh, wins loss over your last 10? We haven't even had uh, more than 10 games, guys. So let's calm down with that before we freak out. And now, before we talk about the next game, guys, again, my thoughts on something that I actually think was a more interesting uh, development that happened in the Sunday game, I need to talk to you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football has long been over. March Madness is over, too, both the men's and women's. But you got baseball, obviously. You got the NHL. And you got the NBA still going on. So there's a lot to, to bet on. They're in full swing. And not only that, but BetOnline even covers awards tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up that's right not much in life is free but this is guys so why what are you waiting for go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use the promo code locked on when you sign up bet online your online sportsbook experts all right, guys, now before we get into the second game, let me just quickly mention to you guys, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, guys, let's talk about Sunday. Yesterday's win over the Texas Rangers by a score of 2-0. to zero. If you were just to judge by that score, you would say not too much happened in this game, not a very exciting game, and you would be partially correct, but I actually think there was a lot of intriguing storylines from this game, so let's break it down. Adrian Monajon, being the most interesting thing, he is the starter for today, but he only goes two-thirds of an inning, walking one, striking out one, and leaves the game with an apparent injury, and it was updated basically after the game. It was confirmed that he suffered an injury, a left elbow forearm strain. For uh, and I know when you guys hear that, you're thinking, Dr. Andrews, you're getting a little scared about that. And that is obviously, look, the last thing the pod- Padres need right now is more injuries. But alas, the baseball gods and the injury bug seem to keep striking this team just as it seems to be rebounding. And the reason why this is also interesting is because if it is, and I really, really hope it's not, if it really is this big of an injury. It might be possible, might be possible, that we see Mackenzie Gore. I don't know. I don't want to necessarily suggest that we will because, after all, the service time thing, we don't know for sure where the Padres will do that. It's possible that they won't just because, as we've seen before with Tatis, you know, they aren't necessarily going to always uh, oblige by that rule, that very loophole in the system. So we'll see. I know a lot of people said that uh, on Twitter and whatnot. People were wondering, you know, could this be Mackenzie Gore time? If it is... Obviously, that's going to be super exciting, but still, Adrian Monajon, I still believe, has so much potential. I know that we're really excited about uh, Mackenzie Gore, but I like the idea of having him refine his skills a little bit more in the minors, get a little bit more action down there before being vaulted to the major league level. I love the idea of Monajon, and he's super young, and I really think that he's talented and has some potential, and we just kind of forget that considering how stacked this Padres team is. So we'll see how that kind of uh, pans out, and I'll, of course, update you guys as we learn more. Hopefully, it's not that bad. Maybe we'll get some, you guys are getting some news right at the time of hearing this podcast, but hoping that it's not too bad. And that's basically all for the rest of this game. I actually feel like I should talk about the Rangers for a second. Mike fulton he goes seven innings in this game, only giving up one run on two hits, walking three and striking out three. The walk and strikeout's not the most impressive thing. But here's what I am wondering. Here's what I am wondering. I thought he actually looked pretty decent, even if he wasn't wiping out the Padres' of offense. He was just kind of throwing junk that you hit, and he, he was, his control was pretty good, basically. I know that he had the three walks, but he looked pretty okay, and what I say to that is I'm wondering, like, Mike fulton had some prospect hype at some point. I'm not totally sure what happened to that, and I remember the Braves kind of surprisingly just released him last year, which was very surprising. They, they optioned him to AAA, I believe, early on in the season. I was very surprised by that, considering that he was kind of okay in 2019. He showed some signs, and they kind of just said, eh, we're out on him, and it was funny because 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 the the Braves suffered that injury with Mike Soroka. So I was a little bit surprised by that. So I'm wondering, maybe the Rangers fans, maybe this is a buy low guy that you're hoping. Maybe he's a reclamation type of project and didn't really do all that great over in Atlanta. But he still has that prospect drive to him. I don't know for sure. uh, But he looked okay to me. So Rangers fans, I guess throw you a little bit bone there. But then in terms of the rest of the game, I have to talk about once again, Mr. Trent Grisham. He homers again in this game in the fourth inning and that was actually the first time Trent Grisham has homered in back-to-back games in his career, so congrats to him. Man, Grisham just made his presence felt immediately this series. Unbelievable! Making my prediction of MVP, top 10 MVP looking right almost, right? Uh, I still think he has room to grow and he walks a ton, obviously, but I'm hoping that he can get up that batting average a bit this year and keep being a really underrated player. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about him. I know that some people don't love his the way he acts on the field and he's he's definitely very bullish of a player, you know what I mean? He's definitely got that swagger to him that it might be a turnoff for some other people, but it obviously isn't for us, so shouts to Grisham. Super, super high on that guy for this year. And then Manny Machado Homer is in this game off of Ian Kennedy in the top of the ninth, which was rad, obviously. Unfortunately, we didn't get uh, more runs in the inning. We didn't get even more insurance runs. Myers gets a double in this. Cronenworth singles, but and then Tommy Fan hit into a fielder's choice, and then Caratina fly out. Uh, for the rest of the inning, I thought that there might have been a chance to really bust that game wide open, but still nice to see that at least Myers, while not having an, an incredible game, uh, he does go one for four. He's been really consistent so far, Will Myers. Like really contributing a lot more than someone that I was really bullish on and still am, and Tommy Pham who's just been kind of a mess so far. But uh, so nice to see that. But the home run I do got to talk about because some friend was was saying on Twitter, and I want to talk about a couple of my tweets just to plug my Twitter for a second. I for some reason uh, I wanted to talk about just you know someone mentioned to me on Twitter they were like, hey, he grounded into a double play and the fielder's choice and the strikeout. He got ejected from Saturday's game for arguing uh, balls and strikes uh, with Manny Machado. And my thing is this, like really guys, who cares? I don't. I just don't care. I don't care. Manny Machado is, dare I say, on the Hall of Fame type of track. I just don't care if he starts off slow. I really genuinely don't. Um, he's going to get it going at some point and start hitting things that isn't just home runs. He's going to be able to walk more. And honestly, his walk rate is still good. He's got a decent on base right now. 359 to be exact. So you could do a lot, lot worse uh, if you're Manny Machado. So I'm absolutely not worried about him. And this is why. I tweeted it before the game. And here, there you go. This is why he homers in the giving uh, the end of the game to give us more insurance. And then also, just want to say, Mark Melanson, he gets a, another save here. He goes one inning, he goes the last inning, picking up a strikeout, no hits, no walks. That guy is infuriating. I talked about it in the offseason when they made that acquisition that, yes, he's old, and yes, he's past his prime, and yes, he doesn't strike people out, only like a 91 mile per hour fastball type of velocity, but his control is phenomenal. He must be so infuriating to hit against absolutely infuriating to hit against it's like Zach Davies last year this almost like a wimp looking guy who just throws the same sort of pitch but the control is excellent and batters just keep hitting into ground bouts and all that stuff so while he doesn't wipe people away uh really good and I think especially in the early going seeing him just be automatic has been great so far and that it seems like you know they so far electing to not go the Trevor Rosenthal route actually seems to be paying off Keone Kell has been okay so far and Mark Melanson is like uh, apparently on the route to 50 saves so he looks awesome and Trevor Rosenthal meanwhile might be out for an extended period of time with an injury so so far looking like the Padres made the right decision to go with Keone Kell and Mark Melanson instead of signing Trevor Rosenthal so that's really great great development love the Shark and Mark Melanson guys and now before we wrap up today's admittedly not overly stuffed full of information podcast guys I need to talk to you about a couple important things and I would say that I would say this is the most important thing I would say this is the most important thing, you know? It's Built Bar. Built Bar, you've heard of it before. I've spread it from the mountaintops, I've painted it on every mural in the city that you live in. I guarantee you, just walk outside. It says Built Bar. It obviously doesn't, but still, guys, what is true is that they are the best-tasting protein bars around, covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious sort of guy or gal thanks to high-fiber, high-protein, low-sugar, and a low amount of calories. Great for the keto diet, and, of course, the strong variety of flavors, anything from caramel brownie and carrot cake and lemon almond cheesecake to double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, raspberry, coconut almond. They have so many flavors, and coconut brownie chunk, raspberry... And and, and birthday cake, they have everything, guys. So definitely check out the flavors. That's awesome. And remember to go check out Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, guys, before we kind of wrap up this podcast in this last little segment and what have you, I need to talk to you about something very important. That is Locked On fancy Baseball. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Baseball podcast, guys. It's a daily fancy baseball podcast hosted by veteran analyst Scott Cullen, who just barely defeated Jason Burke of Locked On A's at our Locked On Network. Um... Uh, uh, fantasy league this weekend uh so shouts to him he uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins follow lockdown fantasy baseball on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts and now guys let's kind of wrap things up for this week we've got the padres going up against the pirates i mentioned last week where i was like guys let's not panic it's way too early and we've got some get right series coming up. We have the Rangers, and we have the Pirates. So far looking okay. The offense, not totally, totally great uh, in this Rangers series, but I'm still not worried. And if, honestly, I just love how well the, p- the pitching has been so far. They have a team ERA of like under one, and if you count uh, yesterday's game, it was like a 0.84 ERA for a bullpen day. Very, very impressive for the Padres, even if it is just against the Rangers. And also, I don't know if you knew this. The Padres are 7-3, and three, and that's tied for the third best start in their history. The two that are better, 8-2 and two in 1998 and in 1984. You guys might be familiar with those years. You might be familiar of uh, how far the Padres ended up going when they started off that well. So things are still looking good, and we've got Pittsburgh coming up. And I'm so excited for this series, number one, because I can't wait for the Chris Paddock start. Obviously, I'm excited about Darvish and Snell, but to an extent, I expect them to absolutely carve them up. They do not have much going uh, their way over there. Kevin Newman, uh, you know, like Brian Reynolds, they just don't have a lot of good offensive players over there. They have Brian Hayes, but he's hurt right now, which is really unfortunate. Shout out to Ethan Smith Smith of uh, Locked On Pirates, who was devastated when he heard about the Bryan injury, who's like the only one keeping him sane. Um, so this is definitely another series. I want to see the offense ball out what is going to be sad is no DH I don't know about you guys I was so overjoyed at seeing the DH and one thing that I will say is this how valuable would the DH be for the Padres right now because with with Fernando Tatis Jr. hurt, and apparently he was hitting hard, he was doing some pregame workouts, and he is expected to be activated and kind of be ready to go off this after this ten day uh, IL stint. But I would love and feel a lot more comfortable if there be we would be able to give him you know many days off where he would be the DH some days. That would be awesome. I I genuinely think that and have Kim play shortstop. Kim, who, by the way, has been making some errors in the field. Not not necessarily strictly speaking errors, but just not fielding all that well and making some mistakes there. I think he'll be fine, but it is worth pointing out that he hasn't looked uh, necessarily like a gold glove caliber guy in the early going of the season so far. But with Tatis, man, I'd be so excited if he was playing DH. I genuinely would be. I'm still worried about the guy, and we know how the Padres can be with injuries. But anyways... um, So excited for this series, excited for the Paddock outing, because like I said, my three start rule, if he doesn't perform here, if he doesn't perform here, it's definitely fair to start being like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Three games, not only is it three starts, but it's again, three starts against lineups that aren't all that intimidating. When the Arizona Diamondbacks are the lineup that's the most intimidating of the three uh, teams that you faced off against, that's usually not a good sign. Actually, not just usually. It Usually always is at a good side. So, uh, hopefully he has a good start. And I'm looking forward to Musgrove's return to Pittsburgh. It'll be his first start going up against the Pirates, who we obviously acquired him from, which is looking like the steel the greatest offseason acquisition. Seriously, I actually think, you know... Strictly speaking, the biggest offseason acquisition still should probably be Darvish and Blake Snell, but in all of baseball, I mean, George Springer hasn't even played yet for the Blue Jays. We're going to see how that pans out. Trevor Rosenthal, obviously not working out for the A's so far. Um, Just in terms of a new move, the Musgrove thing is looking like an absolute steal right now. The curveball usage is legit, and the fact that he has all these secondary pitches, that he's not relying on a fastball that doesn't necessarily blow people away, the fact that he's has all these other pitches going his way is just really exciting. So we have that to look forward to. And then we got the Dodgers series this week. It's going to be a crazy weekend. going to be a crazy weekend. And the last thing I want to just quickly talk about is the discourse that I believe is going to be permeating throughout all of baseball this week, or at least for today at minimum. And that is, we had some bad replay moments uh this, this past week. We had on Friday the game against the Marlins and the Mets where Michael Conforto clearly leaned into a pitch that was in the strike zone and that is BS and they weren't able to overturn it. That was a tragedy and it was whack. It was whack beyond belief, honestly, and they kind of just walked off with it. Look, I've told you guys before, because of Lindor, because of New York and all that, the, the Mets are one of my secondary teams this year. My true secondary is the White Sox because they're in the American League. But uh, definitely rooting for Lindor at the minimum, and that's just a really bad look for that team, man. It's a really bad look for, more importantly, though, baseball uh, for this not to go that way. And then yesterday's game, the Sunday night game between the Phillies and the Braves, uh, Alec Bohm. Tagged up from third on a throw from left field to potentially uh, get him out at the plate. It looks like he's safe at first. And then upon, upon further review, it looks almost certainly like he never even touched the plate. It's a little bit weird. It looks like his his foot does that thing where it, it like, hovers over. You know what I mean? It takes, like, a mini step over the plate, kind of. I don't know how to really ex- explain that without you guys seeing uh, my thing. Because this is obviously an audio medium. So I'm just going to leave it at that, I guess. But... um. In terms of baseball, look, my almost contrarian take is that I want to be like, look, it's kind of exciting to get mad at referees and umpires sometimes. But I do acknowledge that I would not be saying that if I was a fan of the Mets, Marlins, or the Phillies or the Braves, right? Like, I wouldn't be saying that because um, calls just didn't go their way, and I'd be upset. Granted, it is baseball, and one game out of 162 doesn't decide anything. It's not like this is the playoffs or, God forbid, something even more heinous like the Jim Joyce call back in the day, right? But I do think that there is. this is not a good sign for baseball. It's not a good sign that they have replay yet seem to be getting things wrong. Uh, it's just not a good look, and I'm curious to see what people start saying uh, over the course of, them. I imagine, today. And also, I imagine another discourse that's probably going to happen for today is a thing with Trevor Bauer, who is just cannot seem to stay out of the news. My take is this on Trevor Bauer. Let's be careful, everyone. Seriously. Do I like Trevor Bauer? No. I've talked about that on the podcast. I think he's a bit of a jerk. Um, but when it comes to a pitcher, I actually think that he's he's quite talented. And he's being potentially baseball's looking into the balls and foreign substances and all this stuff. Here's my take on that. Unless you really got some stuff, you really got him dead to rights, baseball needs to tread carefully or else it's going to look like you're aiming only after one guy. Am I going to feel bad if something doesn't go Trevor Bauer's way? Not necessarily, but we do have to be fair about this, or else this guy might just go scorched earth on the rest of the league and start exposing, and he's got a following. So if he just starts doing that, guys, there's a lot of people that are using some sort of pine tar or whatever in the league. He's not the only one. So he's got to be careful, but I also think Major League Baseball has got to be careful. You don't want to enter this slippery slope of only aiming after Trevor Bauer, and the Dodgers will certainly have his back, I imagine. So I'm looking to hear um, kind of any updates we hear on that. And uh, if something does happen, hopefully he's suspended for this upcoming series against us. I'd much rather not, uh, uh, you know, have to compete against Trevor Bauer right now, I would say. Um, uh, even if, even if you know, the Dodgers are so deep in their rotation that they'll probably pull out a Gonsolin or whatever. I know he's on the IL right now, but still, uh, Lord knows the, pod, the Dodgers are extremely deep. Uh, but lastly, before we close things out, just want to preview the rest of the week. Tomorrow, going to recap this Pirates game and also probably at the back end of the pod, include my talk that I had with dc lundberg of locked on mariners which was a fun chat just high energy we talked about some mariners prospects and stuff and i honestly just thought our chemistry and our talking was really good so i'm probably going to include that and also this week Going to be talking to Hannah Kaiser of Yahoo Sports and the host of The Bandwagon, uh, which is a great uh, video series that she does over there. It's really fun. Uh, definitely check that out before you listen to our interview and all that. It's going to be great. going to be fun. Do some Would You Rather questions and talk about the Padres Bandwagon. And I think it's going to be a really fun chat. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of hers. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. A little nervous. A little nervous. I get nervous before interviews. Believe it or not, you might not be able to tell that based on my rather, uh, you know, energetic persona that I have on the mic. But I actually do get nervous before stuff, believe it or not. So very excited for that one, guys. Wish me luck. But, yeah, that's about it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from stitcher apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, overcast spotify wherever you get your podcast guys i guarantee you it's on there and if you're on the apple podcast app if you wouldn't mind sending me some five-star reviews i would greatly appreciate that and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my prior faithful homies take care